0: Hi folks, we hope you're all well. The Bullpen Bros have been taking a wee bit of time off from podcasting in the off-season, although we have been catching up regularly and recording the odd bits and pieces. We had a wee catch-up this week for Christmas, we had a couple of beers, we chatted about our Christmas jumpers, we looked at some baseball Christmas connections, and we talked about some sporting traditions from Christmas as well, clearly not baseball which is going through its bleak midwinter. So here's a little bit of entertainment, which we hope you'll enjoy. All the best and have a great Christmas. Thanks.
1: We got to go to the bullpen. Mm Welcome to the Highland Bullpen, the all-new podcast bringing America's pastime to Scotland shores. It doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer heading for Cooperstown or you're fresh out of the minor leagues. This is the podcast for you. I don't know if I've got a Christmas jumper. You're putting me to shame, Alan. Was that a... Have in Christmas jumpers? Um, that's 50% of us. No, I, I just wondered whether it had been an edict that had been sent out.
0: Ach, you know us Presbyterians, we just like a good bit of fun.
1: <laughs> you know where that leads?
0: How's yourself? Yeah, What are you up to?
1: I ah, Just just about there, I think, Alan. I think virtually like all the shopping's been done on Amazon and I've got one last thing to collect on Christmas Eve. Gilt, you all set?
2: Just about, yeah. Everything's going okay. Uh, still some uh, bits and pieces to finish off. Uh, the guts of it's all done, but we tried to take a converse view to you about Amazon, and we tried to go everything sort of homemade or charity shop craft type of gifts. So
0: I hope I gifts stuff from a charity shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds really good. Skills.
0: Have, have you? T- I mean, it's obviously too late for this year, but have you? Have you used notonthehighstreet.com? dot uh, com?
2: No, I haven't.
0: That's like a bunch of UK-wide crafters, I suppose, or unusual gift shops. So independents, and I suppose they're trying to rival Amazon, just to sort of say, can we get a lot of, sort of small independent stuff? It, it, it's hard to avoid Amazon. I want something, you know, they've got it. I
1: mean, when, I've got, when I've got the option, if I can find it elsewhere, I'll choose elsewhere. But it's even just getting stuff delivered in time. And I know oh, you're right. It's a deal with the devil, though. Dave, the two the
0: gifts you left me one a blue and white wrapping paper and one had a green and white wrapping paper So, but you didn't put names on them
1: <laughs>
0: festive you. jumper reindeers or in beers.
1: oh excellent <laughs> I like that oh, <laughs> God, I like Star Wars 1 as well?
3: oh very good there
1: we... get in
0: there <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah, I, like it. So, I was wondering has anyone got any baseball Christmas references or Christmas stories I've been doing a wee bit of research <laughs> any teams you think are particularly Christmassy
1: any famous players called Rudolph?
0: I can go through a few players for you if you want. And I, can I start with a Detroit Tiger from 1913? Unfortunately, his major league career didn't last too long. I think he only played five games, according to stat site. He, he was a very giving man, was Al Claus.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because he gave, he gave away so much as a pitcher, he just <clears throat> didn't really make, the, make a career. So poor Al, I don't know what happened. He had a famous brother, though, so he... <laughs> He, he did a bit better. The White Sox, 2005 World Series champions, not Holly Wreath, but Jim John Garland, <laughs> also a pitcher. He had a decorated career, we believe. <laughs> you can tell I'm reading off a script here now as well, can't you? As well as playing for the White Sox, he played for, and you, you have to get this one, guys. He played for the the one baseball team that does feature in the Nativity story:
1: the Cardinals. <laughs>
0: The Cardinals probably came a bit later as Christianity became organised, but there were people that guided the
3: Shepherds. No,
1: not angels. No. Oh,
0: the,
3: the famous angels.
0: The LA Angels. Well, maybe not the LA Angels. I don't think LA was a thing.
3: I <laughs> just uh, googled uh, Christmas and Major League Baseball and it came up with a guy called Steve Christmas. This is a catcher. Born in 1957, very good year. But I'd left through right. Played for MLB debut in 1983 for the Cincinnati Reds. This is just Wikipedia. MLB statistics, batting average, 162, one home runs. <laughs> <laughs> and LBI's seven. He played for the White Sox as well.
0: He, he probably found a better career with the Christmas shop or something that he set yeah.
3: up. Because I don't know anyone called Christmas, but it is definitely a surname. <laughs> oh,
1: so for people who are born on Christmas Day because you're like, effectively you're robbed of a a birthday. My birthday is close to Christmas Day and I used to get presents that were joint birthday and Christmas presents when I was young. I mean, there's a circle of hell waiting for those folk. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine getting that on the day itself, that's right.
0: You're in good company with Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson, who was born on Christmas Day as well. I think we, we might have touched on Ricky Henderson. Before.
3: Yeah, he was the sort of base uh, stealing specialist, wasn't I, I Yes,
1: think. the man of steel. Yeah, yeah I liked it, I liked it. Yeah. Well, maybe because he got his birthday nicked from him then. Maybe that was why he's determined to steal some baseball.
0: That, that's exactly what's happened there. The Grinch of the MLB. Who, who would be the Grinch of the MLB in your eyes then? I don't, I
3: don't know much about the Grinch, actually. He's green, isn't he?
0: The Grinch does like to hit a, gnome, a home run.
1: <laughs> There's not really any, well, is there any well-known umpires at the moment. Any kind of, you know, particularly strict or tough umpires. Be, somebody like that would be a good choice for a, a Grinch, yep. I suppose.
3: I think if you go back to the sort of early 50s or something like 60s when you had real old ages character managers who had, you know, you don't seem to get as many bust-ups with umpires, do you? I, mean, I think I saw something a few weeks ago. I was going to try and do a bit of a piece on uh, these old guys who have been called ejections, do they ejected out of the, out of the yeah. game? And there's, there's a guy who holds a record, the manager with the first ejection and some of the reasons he was getting ejected so the commentators are brilliant as well when they go into he's really going to get his money's worth now he's being ejected then they really go for it don't they there's a thing where they lift the base like the first base (laughs) you see him do that they lift Yeah. yeah there was one guy and he was picking dirt at the umpire who was getting that angry and this is apparently a thing as well because you know they're always sort of cleaning the home plate aren't they same kicking dirt at the umpire and so yeah i think there's quite a lot of old stages who are pretty miserable is the grinch sort of miserable well, you know yeah, a bit yeah, sort of I, yeah,
0: and, the grinch would be a bit of a bar hamburgs
1: sort of christmas type yeah. character would
3: they yeah you could imagine a few of the old ninjas fall um, yeah. into that category
1: well, I think Craig Gordon at the weekend there would try to throw the ball at the referee when he was raging as well. But at least a football's not too hard. You wouldn't fancy getting a baseball lobbed at you in anger. And when you think the ball got bats as well, they are literally all walking about with some serious weaponry.
0: I was thinking that because I have on my Christmas tree, I have got two baseball decorations. I've got a Charlie the River Dog. Uh, Christmas decoration and San Francisco Giants one. A baseball ball is ideal size and shape for a Christmas bobble. But if you put a normal baseball ball on your Christmas tree, it would bring your tree down.
1: Yeah, they are quite heavy, aren't they? You'll probably know this, guys, about which Scottish football team is mentioned in the Bible.
0: Well, I, I do have a bit of an objection to that question because they say it's the only football team in the Bible, but hearts are mentioned.
1: Maybe I don't. That's a fair point. I'm. I wonder if the rule might be it has to be more than a yes. One football Because no. a spec art of Medlovian probably wasn't.
0: No, I think the most common football team, if you go for the one word in the Bible, is is an English team who have severe financial troubles. With buddy. Yeah. Common word in the Bible. Baseball team names that are in the Bible. The Tigers aren't mentioned in the Bible, but Cubs are. Mm. Angels are. Yeah. I, I then went more for hymns. So, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Yeah. Oh, oh, this one's a bit of a stretch, but once in Royal David City or once in Kansas Royal City. <laughs> Slight wee change on that one.
1: <laughs> Here's one off the top of my head then. Uh, in which U.S. state, which is home to at least one Major League Baseball team, is there a town called Bethlehem?
0: I did know there was a town called Bethlehem, but I, I can't think. What state it's in?
1: A big big sports state, big historic state.
3: Massachusetts, is it?
1: No, but it's the right general direction. You're not a million miles away. It's that kind of oldie-worldie. Skelts might have famously mentioned uh, a bell that's located in this state as well. Okay. Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I think it's a big steel town. There might be more than that. there's There's a few Glasgows in America, and I've been to Livingston in America and a Glasgow about 10 miles away from each other
3: first time I went to America, we did travel around a bit and every other town name is like in in New England, there's Manchester and Chester and loads of places. Other European towns, you know, Paris and Berlin, you come across. And I I kind of then realised that Americans get a lot of stick, don't they, for saying Rome, Italy, as if we don't know where it is. But the reason I think they say that is because there'll be two or three Romes in America, different states. And that's why... I think they always say the state and the country afterwards just so that people don't think they're talking about that other Rome in, I don't know, Ohio or something.
0: (laughs) But Rome reminds me of pre-baseball days, a trip to Disney World, and I was in the queue for something and this young lad started talking to me and asked where I was from. Uh, So I told him, Glasgow, and he said, how'd you get here? And I go, so like it's an eight-hour flight and then a couple hours on the on the bus. He, when, when I told him I was from Glasgow, his response to me was that his mother had been to Rome. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, I, I suppose they then see, do they see Europe in the same way as the US? So yeah, my mother's been to Europe. So I, didn't, I didn't actually meet her, which would have been a bit slightly on the cheeky side.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, maybe I'm mellowing my old age, but I'm a bit more... You know, understanding of the Americans you know the cliche because they hardly get any time off in a year like you start a job you might have one week's leave a year or two weeks after you've been working at it for a few years so the chances of you going to Europe or something like that are pretty slim and they have got a big country themselves lots of places so um, yeah I've mellowed a little bit in that front I am have to am
3: with you I'm with you with that sort of geographical detail about a continent that's 5,000 miles away from them you know you know what I mean and yeah, America is a big place, isn't it? and they probably know plenty about their own country and Canada. I think, well, that's in right. terms of size, uh, you know, the sort of continent of of Europe, you know, and America, in terms of actual sort of square mileage, yeah, you probably could fit quite a lot of Europe into certainly North America. I think
0: somebody once said to me that I told him it was from Scotland, so it was near near Norway, and, and you sort of laughed at that initially. But if you look at the lakes and you go from Michigan over onto the other side of the lake in Illinois or whatever, uh, you then say that's probably a reasonable distance away then as well. But you wouldn't as, as Europeans, we wouldn't think or oh, they're that far apart. Yeah, they are. Why would you need a passport when you've got fifty different countries in your own country?
3: Exactly. I
1: think it's slightly imbalanced as well. It's because America's culture. It's so like, every, pervasive and everywhere. We do know a lot, a lot about America because you've got well, television and films and stuff like yeah. that. But obviously, that doesn't work the other way around. we know a little bit maybe from British movies, but it's nowhere near the volume. Yeah. And they won't be watching many French art house movies, I'm sure, to get an idea of where Leon is or whatever.
0: I remember watching one of the first times I went to the States I was at Marianne's and she put on Shetland, the, the TV detective story. And I'd never heard of it or seen it before. I worked in Shetland regularly when I was younger. All these Americans watching it, and there's like multiple murders. And there's like been one murder on the island in 50 years. And (laughs) the the policeman is busy because he's trying to catch the young boy racers. But Americans must think, I really want to go to Shetland to see how grim it is. (laughs) Or, Or I'm staying away from there because it's terrifying.
1: Shetland must be pretty close to Norway, Alan, No, sure am I showing, I can't be telling anyone about geography to be clear. No,
0: I think, I'm not sure, Faroe Islands, I think. When I flew, flew from Aberdeen to Shetland, which I think was as far as flying from Aberdeen to London, jumping back to the, the Christmas story, the, the Shepherds were baseball players as well, because they, they were out in the field tending their flock, but obviously they used the field for their sheep, maybe them playing ball, but...
3: There must be uh, a few Shepherds, Shep uh, not an unusual surname, is it? You have the cricket umpire. Ast-
1: she was an astronaut with Shepard. an astronaut
0: as, as, well, as well, yeah. There was a guy, 2019, for the Orioles. I found a few Orioles guys with good names, a, a Chandler Shepard, played five games in 2019. Uh, the other hymn, Silent Night, that was one that was played in all baseball grounds this year as well, I think, 2020, because mm-hmm. there were no fans. But baseball brings joy to the world.
3: Being a summer game, though, you, know, you obviously don't have anything over Christmas, do they? Is there anything in the NFL? Do they have the equivalent of like a, sort of a Boxing Day game in England or the New Year's Day game in Scotland? Do they do anything like that? I think the
0: Thanksgiving Day games are bigger.
3: Ah, yeah. The,
0: the, the reason I say that, and it might be my bias, is the Lions play a home game on Thanksgiving every year. They only play two or three games on Thanksgiving Day every year, but one of them has to be a Lions home game because that's written into the NFL rules. It's just something that was presumably done in 1935 or whenever they set up that. But uh, yeah, it's
3: become a sort of a traditional.
0: The, the off season would be known as in the bleak
1: midwinter. <laughs> <laughs> Do we like sports having kind of festive set pieces? If you like, then. You know, obviously Scottish football. You've traditionally got the the Year's Day Celtic Rangers game and cricket, and uh, is it a Boxing Day Test? Is it?
3: Yeah, that Melbourne. Yeah, it starts on Boxing Day, and then um, a week later they will have the New Year's Day. They'll start the in Sydney. Amazing. So I, th- I think they're, they're currently playing uh, a series against India, aren't they? But you know, I think I said this before. I, if it hadn't been for this pandemic, it would have been in Australia now. Folks in Melbourne and actually last last week planned, we were flying into Perth because we've got family there. We're going to spend some time there and then get the train to Adelaide for a couple of, you know, overnights. It's like it's an Orient Express job. And then we're going to stay in Adelaide. And I noticed last week, you know, when they, they bowled out India for, Australia for 36, oh, and that. they were playing at Adelaide, which is, they have modified the ground, but it's reputedly one of the, the best cricket grounds in the world. You know, scenic. So.
1: The oval is that the Adelaide Oval? Is that yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah. I love the name of the Perth Ground as well.
3: Is that the Waka? Is that, would that be the Wacker?
1: The Waka, yeah. I just think it's a great name.
3: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, it does sound like you know an Aboriginal name. because it's just off the top of my head. I presume it's the West Australia. Cricket Association, you know, I mean, there's loads of towns in Australia, like Wagga Wagga and uh, what's the the Gabba mm-hmm. in Brisbane? My mum's family who emigrated to Australia, so we went in 94 and we were very lucky. It was a family visit and uh, we were very lucky because, or not as a case may be, because England were touring. My brother and I went on Boxing Day to see the test match wow. at the MCG and it was fantastic and actually knew a mate of mine was going going to be there so we um we arranged to meet it was before mobile phones and that sort of thing so we said we'll meet in the bar at the so-and-so stand at lunch break so we truly did that and we said oh by the way it's a hundred thousand stadium isn't it plus and you know said, where are you sitting and he says oh so-and-so he was sat about two rows behind us <laughs> 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 so yeah it was fantastic uh, England were. It was in the period when England were pretty poor and getting, um, you know, getting well beat. by it was My memory of that game is there was a, a England were that crap. There was a run out, and I swear it was one of them mix up run outs. And I swear at one time I need to look this up. Both the England batsmen were that mixed up. They were running to the same end. <laughs> one of them was, you know, without...
1: That sounds like an amazing... That To me, that's one of the great sporting occasions in mm-hmm. the world, that day events, to be honest we you, Boxing Day. Yeah. on like, the Ashes. It's a
3: superb <laughs> event, and you, you walk along the, is it the Yarra River, all the sports stadiums, are there, you know the the tennis stadium, the MCG, which I think was home to the Olympics in the fifties or yeah, I right in the middle, yeah. back in the day when England toured because England cricket club is not really just England; it's basically you know the England and Wales yeah. cricket club. you know, Scots and Irish yeah. people have all played for England, but when they toured, they used to tour as the MCC, Marylebone Cricket Club, and the first Test match was effectively at the MCG. And England, or the <laughs> Marathon Cricket Club, played Australia, which back in them days was effectively the Melbourne Cricket Club. So it was MCC versus MCC. Uh, at the, the MCG... Other- but it's you know it's a very modern. Well, it looks quite modern. It's a huge stadium. Sydney Cricket Crown is really nice. I was really impressed with Sydney, and they've got they've still got one of the really old stands. Unfortunately, they were renowned for having the, the, was it the the hill Sydney Hill, and that's it was just like you know a grass bank where all the Ockers as they call them you know, the Aussies would go there and, and they would be quite a tough place. And my dad and uh uncle used to tell us stories about sort of being uh, an Englishman, <laughs> you know, when the test when the test matches on. And what,
1: that would have been a good Australian team then as well, I imagine. The yeah. and stuff like that. Or would have been was, yeah.
3: I think early in the day, must have been the first day, just for memory, I think there were England must have won the toss and decided to bat, and I think it was a while before they got the first wicket, and of course the, sort of, the new ball, it's usually the fast bowlers who come on, but they haven't got a wicket and the, some of the fans were starting to chant, warn-y, warn-y, you know, get Warnie on, he'll sort of out, which he duly did. Like, yeah. What about his ball,
1: the ball of the century as well, Dave, Vince, is that one of the big cricket memories as well?
3: Yeah, I think that genuinely, I remember the build-up to that, that was his first tour, warning's tour wasn't it and uh, they were talking about really sort of leg spinners had gone out of style hadn't they really good ones and you know warren being that successful he kind of brought it back a wee bit but everyone was talking about how brilliant he was what an exceptional talent he was back in the then days it sort of would have been the early 80s i suppose and they played a few warm-up matches against english county sides and he played a few but he did he never bowled the real Leg spinner. Yep. You no, know, he kept a few, but never bowled a googly. And that <laughs> first ball against Mike actually was a great batsman, particularly. Spin, but they just, there's no defense against that. Absolutely fantastic. That's the beauty of sport, even of, of cricket, especially. It's the, that is the biggest rivalry, the biggest game. Although I've got Aussie connections, you know, you always want to be Australia. But Really, the game of cricket is more important, you know, so if somebody does well, you just say, well, I'm glad I saw that. You know, you go see, to see Sobers play against England, you hope England win, but you really don't want Sobers to be out first ball. You want him to get a century and somehow you still win. You know, it's the same in most sports, really, isn't it?
1: Well, Maradona died recently, obviously, as well, and I'm gutted I never saw Maradona play in the flesh.
3: Yeah, I, I did actually see him play against England You know, quite early in his career. That was a major thing at Wembley.
1: Alan, you weren't at Hamden by any chance, were you? Cause that was where you kind of almost announced yourself oh. on in international stage in 78, I think.
0: No, no I wasn't. Se- 78, was it 78? So I, I was in the Highlands until 83. Yeah. I think I'd been to Hamden twice before then for an England game and uh, bizarrely a Portugal game. The England game would have been before that. It was 77, I think. I was thinking of Christ- Christmas sports. I mean, he used mm-hmm. to play football on Christmas Day in Scotland 30, 40 years ago. Boxing Day is now traditional. The old farm game, sorry, the Glasgow Derby, Richard, sorry. You would have your Hogmanay drink and get a bus down to Glasgow, actually on New Year's Day, which you look back now and you, there's no way you would do that now. But I think they tend not to go for the first now, which is more of a policing thing. Uh, so I, my, my other sports, golf and cycling, aren't really Christmas Day sports. Although cy, they always say cyclists have to go out training on Christmas Day because you can't psychologically you can't miss Christmas Day because people that's seen as a sign of weakness. But be, the, the the darts would be the best Christmas one I can think of. The PDC Championship they don't play on Christmas Day itself. Do, do they just close it? Da- they close down for a couple of days, maybe at Christmas. Two days. That is one of the great. Christmas TV traditions, watching the PDC. Not not quite the same this year without the crowds. Oh, uh, the Grinch. Peter Wright was the Grinch this year.
2: Yeah, he looks very good this year. I don't know if, if you guys seen his... You know, Peter Wright's fairly uh, well-known these last few years for kind of exuberant, over-the-top on stage. Fair play at, at his age. He's not a young man, but to put his hair through that every night, he, he dyes it some other colour, and it's caked and oh got some sort of product. Um, his wife, I think, does his hair. It takes up to two hours every night to do it. So they must actually like each other. But um, he he came on the stage full top to toe as the Grinch on the opening night of the World Championships. And when you consider there, there's there's a whole lot of pressure at that point. You're you're the defending world champion. It's opening night. Um, it's a quick fire. First of the three sets at that at that time of the the tournament. So. It, you can be open to getting knocked out on, on the first night, but I think over the years he's get, started to get a really good relationship with the fans because he's a bit daft, you know. He it, it doesn't take much seriously. Whichever town or whichever country he's in at that moment in time, he tends to suck up to them. And what Alan was talking about there, he, his hair dyed green, which isn't overly shocking for him, but his eye, full eyebrows and beard, everything was green top to bottom, and he's just, uh, he's a good character to have. I think the PDC, the only two days they, they don't have a, a schedule on are Christmas Day and Boxing Day, but the final is, pretty I'm pretty sure historically it's played on New Year's Day, um, and that's, that's always a good one to sit and watch. Uh, again, it's not the same this year with, with the lack of fans, and my current hatred is, it, it's, a, it's a very precise science these days, but when you have... Piped through crowd noises from someone sitting with a keyboard. A delay of even half a second between something good happening and just that noise not being organic. You know, there, it, it really feels a bit like canned laughter in a, in a bad comedy show. The the PDC are using that just now with the, the kind of piped in reactions and it's, it's not the best.
1: Looks like a good night out of that, Skelts. Oh, yeah. yeah but it looks good.
2: It's really good. I, I won't give the name of the venue away, but every year... We tend to we, we know where the players stay for the Premier League. On a, you know, historically, it's played on a, on a Thursday night. It changed a little bit this year, but the, the the players travel up on a Wednesday night and they have a good session. <laughs> and it's not practice on a Wednesday night at this particular hotel. I, I know these guys. They are becoming a bit more mainstream. You know, guys like MVG, like Peter Wright. I think people would recognise them out in the street. You know, Phil Taylor, Barney over the years. It's become a bit more of a mainstream celeb when it comes to sport. They're, they're fantastic. On Thursday itself, We, there's a bunch of us and we just we sit in the hotel having drinks and you can just grab a player, have a chat, as long as you're not arsy about it. You know, they're more than happy to spend 5, 10, 20 minutes just having a chat, having a drink as well. There's no real nutritional regime for them at that point. And I think as long as you're respectful and if they're clearly just enjoy mingling with fans, that they're more than happy to accommodate people that are coming along, putting their money in and going to have a good night. So it's definitely one um, we could look to do once once things come back.
1: Is there a correlation between the most disciplined minglers amongst them, skelps and the guys that actually play darts well, <laughs> or other guys that are good minglers but also manage to play darts well?
2: Be, I think a couple of years ago, you know, when Mike, Michael Van Gerwen was at his pomp, maybe 2016 17, but he stopped and he was full of the chat, really just up for a blare. And again, it's just you're not waiting on a queue, you're not, there's no pressure. It really was maybe like a big pub, but not a busy pub. So whenever somebody would walk past, you could just maybe. Put your hand up and if they'd time to stop they would stop and most of them, most of them did. One of the best ones was Michael Smith was on his way out um, and we said, Oh Michael, have you got have you got a minute? You know and we would always would offer to buy anyone a pint and he went, Oh lads, I can't I've really got a nip somewhere, really important. And we thought, oh he's been a wee bit he, he was he wasn't playing that night. We thought, I wonder if he's just putting us off. And about 15 minutes later, he came back through the door and he came straight over to the table. He went, "I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. How's your night? How's your day?" And uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked him, "What were you going out for?" So apparently, Gary Anderson had sent him out for a Mars bar, which apparently he loves before (laughs) before a match. You know, the two of them are big buddies, and he just says, "You know, I can't go out. I'll get mobbed. It's Glasgow." And he sent Michael out to the nearest shop just to get a Mars mm-hmm. bar. Uh, but it's it's a nice touch when they come back and they just they know that you're not being intrusive or anything. Yeah. Um, they're happy to stop and have a, a good chat. So the darts know the darts is a good night out, Richard, you're right. I think there's lots of different ways you can do it. Alan and I have both been over the years. The really good way to do it, you can get a table, like any of these sporting events we've been to, you can maybe get a table along the side where they walk out get four, six, ten, ten guys and just enjoy the night and get a wee chat with them as they come out. It's something to look into. What time of year are they generally in Glasgow at? The, the Premier League tends to run I'm March, sure, Ma-
1: Ma-
2: March through to August, but they do mix it up. Oh. Um, in the last few years, they've, they've took everything abroad. Uh, again, darts is huge in in Holland and Germany. Germany in particular hasn't really produced any really good players, but the Germans are wild for darts and, and I didn't World know Cup. that, Dave. I didn't know that
3: about Germany. I knew the Dutch played him, but yeah, that's yeah. interesting.
2: They've got a few good players out just now. You know, Gabriel Clements and uh, Hop is, is kind of always about there. The, the fans, they're absolutely wild for it. And I think the World Cup is held there every year and they just, they go nuts. It's a big festival. Um, I'm trying to remember which part of Germany it's held in. It might be Hamburg, but uh, I'm not too sure. But, I mean, the darts, they go to Rotterdam every year.
3: That would make sense to sort of north of Germany, sort of, you know, that, not too far away from... Yeah. I'm
1: not surprised the Germans aren't any good at it. The Germans are never good at it. Anything.
2: anything with mm-hmm. precision,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was one, I think I was flying to the States via Schiphol one year on a Friday, and uh, Van Gerwen and... Uh, Van Barneveld were on the flight, presumably being, I think it, was, it must have been the Premier League the night before. So it was like an early morning flight. They were on there, good to go, reasonably fresh with their agents or managers or whatever. They're just normal guys waiting in lounge and what have you. Dave, Dave Skelton, I'm just going to ask just, you know, way of your time as well, but your your Christmas stocking, what colour will that be?
2: I've got a stocking, oh, that was it's my, my stocking from birth, to be honest, Alan. It's one Thanks. of my grands made it it looks a bit tatty, a bit like myself. It's got a lot of meaning in it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was my, my dad's mother made it for me. I was, it was her second grandchild to come along. And again, it's maybe a, a generational thing, a whole lot of knitting, lot, lot of yeah. crafts. Um, so we've all got the stockings and things like that. So it is blue, to answer blue. your question. It yeah. is blue with some uh, some nice festive red and white in there as well. You'll be <laughs> very pleased to hear. <laughs>
0: That, that's interesting how you added red. It gives it the Christmas colours—a wee bit of red, white, and blue. Yeah, good job. I did actually wonder if you just have a white stocking, and Dave Ince would have a red socks stocking.
3: You think so, wouldn't you? But I can tell you what mine is. Mine is uh, it's black with a white furry trim, and it was—it uh, has the word Guinness on
0: <laughs> it. I was wondering where you were going with that. It was, I think,
3: yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. I used to get all sorts of stuff from Guinness uh, back in the, the day where I was sort of uh, signed up for something years ago and I used to get sent all sorts and one Christmas they used to, i have to send you a picture of it, it's, it's hung up now on a uh, mantelpiece so.
0: <laughs> The Red Sox and the White Sox fans not quite got the stockings we expected but they're hung up for Christmas and all good to go We had hoped to find a closing picture by the name of Jesus for you because only Jesus saves it, unfortunately we couldn't find that in the record books but we wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we look forward to catching you up with you all in 2021 mm-hmm.